God. We're grateful and thankful, oh God, that you are sovereign and that you are God all by yourself. And who are we, oh Lord, to question your will, your judgment, your plan, your purpose for our lives? We just thank you, Heavenly Father, oh God, for knowing us before we are were placed in our mother's womb. We thank you, O oh God, for leading, guiding, and directing us. Now, Lord, we ask that you will continue to be with me and Keith as we go forward in service and bring your mighty word. And we thank you, we love you, and we say amen, amen. Well, I have the first bit of this sermon, and so let me just say good morning once again to each and every one of you. We give our sincerest and our best salute to all of the fathers everywhere, uh, all over the land, especially those who have been godly men and righteous men in the sight of our Lord and Savior. But we have some information to share with you that we found on Bible.org. It tells us that the roles of and the status of moms uh, are being uh, as a vital part of the upbringing of children are, and, and their role in the family is something that we all very well recognize and understand. That being said, however, they also let us know that for some reason, for some reason, fathers seem to have be, been relegated to what they call a position of a second-class citizen. And to add insult to injury, a well-known feminist was quoted as saying that fathers are a biological necessity, mm. but she also said that fathers are also a psychological absurdity. Uh, can you imagine that? Uh, just talking about oh, that men basically need to be there biologically, but for no other earthly reason. Well, we want you to know, you fathers out there, we want you to know that in God's eyes and in the eyes of these two pastors here, that statement is absolutely absurd. It is absolute absurdity to use her words. Amen. Somebody. God is not saying that you are or we are psychologically absurd. We, we know that that is just not the case. Well, part of the reason for this type of statement, we believe, is that people highlight more of the negatives regarding fathers in our society than we highlight the positive attributes that they have and, and, and the, the contributions that they can make. It really becomes easy. You all see it on a day-to-day -day basis. Pastor Keith, they, well, we will generalize uh, uh, groups of people, uh, especially when we desire to dismiss 
dismiss them as if they were like yesterday's news. Uh, I, I'm sure we have some witnesses out there that will uh, uh, that will give us an amen on that. People will quickly highlight your negatives, uh, but they're not always so 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 easy to accentuate your positives. We do not readily salute these men who are there with their families every step of the way. Somehow they have gotten to a place where they are almost not talked about. People don't highlight them. People don't give them accolades. But can we remind you all that there are fathers there who are with their families and they are active participants in the lives of their children. They cook, they clean. Uh, maybe they even cut their hair or, or comb their little girl's hair. Um, uh, they are providers. They are strong protectors and they know how to be the backbone of their families. Yes, we know that there are fathers out there uh, who have left the whole and the sole responsibility of parenting to the mother. But there are many who are really still hanging in there with their families. And we praise and thank God uh, for those men and those fathers uh, in our society. Perhaps even our churches, come on, let's look at the church for a minute, uh, bear some of the blame perhaps for some of that negative stereotypes uh, of our men as fathers. Let me give you a case and point. We are very familiar, most of us, if you've been around the church any length of time, uh, we're familiar with the scripture that comes from Proverbs, the writer of Proverbs 31, particularly verse number 10, asks the biblical uh, question, who can find a virtuous woman? We are familiar with that virtuous woman. Uh, we talk about that virtuous woman. Uh, how many times have you been to Women's Day uh, of services and Women's Day programs that highlighted the scriptural talk of that virtuous woman. She's preached about all the time. Ah, but how many of us understand that we have a thing that we can call a virtuous man? Oh, come on, somebody in the house. There are scriptures that lift up the virtue of a man. And you know, it makes me wonder in, in our context today, if we uh, if we wonder if we lack that there is an expectation that there really could be such a thing as a virtuous man. Well, can I just say this? It may depend on who you ask. Because if you ask a woman who has been connected to a man who she considers a deadbeat or somebody who is a do-nothing or good-for-nothing kind of man, she may dispute it. But this morning, we want to lift up that there are virtuous men, and we can see it in not only just in the Bible, but also in our, in our world. Uh, we're looking at a man who exemplifies a high moral and ethical standard, a man who really does bear the 
image of our creator, one who is upright and upholds the standards that have been already set by our God. So does that same scriptural question apply to men? Come on now. Sure it does. Mm -hmm. Sure it does. Yes, we might typically label men by other names like our mighty men of valor. Uh-huh. Uh, David was called a man after God's own heart. All right. Uh, and and uh, Job, of course, was called blameless and upright. Uh-huh. But the Bible demonstrates to us that these that there were men who displayed the characteristics of the virtuous man. And man, we we emphasize today. By capitalizing those that letters, those letters that are in that word M A N. Uh, so we want to talk to you today about the characteristics of the virtuous man. We're boldly putting his his title out there in capitalized letters and in highlights uh, that because man and men are the subject today. So we want to ask you. Who can find a virtuous man? Who can find a virtuous man? That's our subject for today. Who can find a virtuous man? Perhaps it's been hard for us to highlight men as uh-huh. virtuous, uh-huh. especially when we look at the statistic past the eye of well, fatherless children that's right. in the United States, that's right. where fatherless children are estimated numerically at 23.9 million children. According to the National Fatherhood Initiative, fatherless children, the the statistics purport that 85% of the youth Mm -hmm. from that group are in prison. 85%. With 80% Mm -hmm. being labeled as rapists and another 75% having chemical dependency issues. There are problems in this world without children. Uh, In fact, in 2014, 23.6% of American children, which equates to the 17.4 million numerically, had no father in the home. As a result, these children face greater risks in life. What are we talking about? Statistics say that they have no father in the home, Uh, And that accounts for 90% of those who are homeless and are runaway youths. It accounts for 71% of high school dropouts. And it also accounts for 63% of youth suicides. Oh, this is ugly stuff. Uh, yeah, that's the key. Uh, the statistics that you just gave are, 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 are not looking great. They don't paint a pretty picture. The trend lines are not good, and we have to face those realities. Uh, uh, studies also show that our nation is really in a crisis mode. Uh, 
families in this group are four times more likely to live in poverty. And we know that that poverty can lead to all other kinds of issues uh, 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 against our families. Uh, kids are more likely to have those behavior problems or be labeled as a behavior problems uh, when the father is absent from the home. Uh, girls in fatherless homes, uh, listen here, uh, are more uh, are seven times more likely to have teenage pregnancies as a result. Uh, children are, are more likely to uh, abuse drugs or be subject to abuse and neglect. Uh, and also these, tra these trends suggest uh, and are backed by statistics that children from these homes are more likely to commit crime. And the National Center for Fathering <coughs> said it in 2010, I went back to 2010, that of black single parent homes, uh, back then, approximately 48.5% of, of them lived only with their mothers. Even though we know that many have both the odds of being raised in a single-parent yes. household yes. with just a mom, mm -hmm. we can still see that God's plan for the family is not being fulfilled and that the statistics are remaining dire. Mm -mm -mm. But, 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 uh, we came this morning specifically and expressly to talk about uh, those statistics not being all doom and gloom uh, because we believe that there are still plenty of virtuous men out there. In case you are wondering, when we talk about who can find a virtuous man, uh, like the question for the virtuous woman, uh, we want you to know that yes, we can. We can find virtuous men. If we take a look at allprodad.com, they say that there is nothing easy about being a father, especially nowadays. But what they say, um, if you take an, we can take an honest look at history as, as it reveals a comforting familiarity to the foundational premise. In fact, uh, they indicate that many of a man who has really wanted to throw in the towel, uh, the man who really felt like giving up, uh, the man who felt like walking away did not because his focus was on God, and because his focus was on God, he hung in there. Say amen, amen. somebody. Amen. You know, I got a few things to tell you that we understand from the from uh, the scriptures about a virtuous man and a good father. You all know that Proverbs 22 and 6 talks to us about training up your child. Well, uh, the, a good father and a virtuous man knows that the responsibility of training his children is not left to the daycare. Uh, he doesn't leave it uh, to the school and neither does he leave it to the government, uh, but he takes that role and that responsibility onto himself. He sees it as uh, his obligation to teach and to train and to raise up his children uh, that God has entrusted to his, to his hands. And then, 
Second Corinthians 3, 2 and 3, a virtuous man, a godly father, exemplifies a good life. Scripture teaches us that who we are and how we live is like getting a letter from God. And our kids read our letter every day. Do you all realize that your children read you? And our children read not just the letter, but they read our walk and our talk. First Timothy 5 and 8 reminds us of a virtuous men and virtuous fathers provide for their family. That's one of the basic foundations of fatherhood is that of provider. Oh, Ephesians 6 and 4, a great reminder to virtuous men and fathers because they don't provoke their children to anger. Instead of provoking them, they see an alternative, and that is they raise them up to be people of faith. Oh, I love that, Pastor Keith. Luke 15, 20-24. Dads never give up on their children. Hallelujah to Jesus. Since we know that our God never gives up on our dads. Oh, I'm glad about it this morning. First Chronicles 29 and 19. Our dads, our dads, our dads who pray for their children. Don't you know that our, our prayers are some of our most powerful tools that we have at our disposal? I know you know it, Pastor Keith. The children who do know their dads are praying and, and are praying for them. They have such a deepened sense of, of love and security. And when they go out into the world, they will carry that love and that same security as they move forward in life and even in their own families. Let me just tell you quickly, quickly about a story, about a story, about a father uh, who's also a pastor who loved, uh, who, who told his son uh, uh, how much he loved him. And the story goes that there was this pastor who, who goes around and he, he preaches frequently out of town or, or in the evening or, or what have you, so he may be away from home. And they had this, they witnessed it uh, for themselves that there was a time when the, the pastor, uh, this father was with uh, a, a, a crowd of people and, and, and in the midst of the service. He just stopped the service uh, and, and his son came up to him on the podium and they, they watched his father take his son's face in his hands um, and, and, and he kissed him on one side and he kissed him on the other side and you could see the dad's lips moving and saying something to his son and, and then his son just moved on out of the way and just left on out and people were saying, oh my goodness, it, it must have been uh, uh, one of those talks, you know, how you have to talk to children sometimes when they cut up in church and, and how you have to make them sit down and, and how you have to make them be quiet and, and act right and especially when you're the, the pastor's children, you got to act especially right, amen, somebody. And, and, and so uh, afterwards, 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 one of the, the gentlemen who had been watching, he said, I saw, I saw how you talk to your son. It must have been one of those kind of talks. And he said, actually, it wasn't. 
He said, all I did was told him how much I love him. And, and, and he, and, and of course, the, the man was, was kind of stunned. He said, first, I prayed for him. I prayed, I prayed for him in his ear, and then I told him that I loved him and that I always loved him. And, and so, and, and, and then he, he said, but he said, I do that every night when I'm home. I, I, I sit beside him. I pray with him, and I tell him that I love him before he goes to bed. Uh, he said, uh, "He said, uh, well, well, where, where?" He said, uh, "He said I've done it ever since he was born, ever since he was born." And and, and so the, the 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 gentleman who is listening says, "I this is just unbelievable. I've never seen anything uh, like this." He said, "Where did you get that idea?" He said, "My father did the same thing." For me. And so he passed on that kind of love to his son that the that his son that his father had passed on to him. And that was just a beautiful story of how when you find a virtuous man, a man who understands prayer, a man who understands providing, he's building up that child in his most holy faith. He said, no matter where I am, I will pause the meeting, I will step out of the room, whatever I have to do to remind him that I love him. That's our message. There are virtuous men in this world. Sometimes, the way things go, we may have to look a little harder to find them, but I guarantee you, they're out there. That's the key. And so I have a, a personal story with a pastor because I know many of you know that my father was a pastor. Amen. And I actually didn't want anything to do with pastoring because I saw what he went through as a pastor. But let me tell you that one thing I did know, that he loved me like this pastor mm-hmm. loved his child. And then whenever I needed him, he was always there. Amen. He helped us survive Jim Crow down in North Carolina where they would put you in jail for looking at a white woman the wrong way where uh, people could not get cars um, because they didn't have the wherewithal, they weren't Mr. So-and-so, a white person in, uh, in, in the town, and so uh, they had to go to Mr. So-and-so and have him to actually sign on the dotted line so that they could get cars. Or, or when they did get cars on their own, uh, my father was a person who they'd say, uh, well, we don't need you anymore because uh, you are now progressing a little bit too far, it seems. Now, we have nothing against our white brothers and sisters, but back then and now, we are still seeing some things occurring that God is not pleased with. And so we're just asking you to repent of those kinds of things uh, because we still love you. We love everyone. It is not about black, white, brown, yellow, or anything. But, But let me tell you this. I looked at Romans 12 and 12, mm. where it says to be joyful mm. in hope, All right. patient uh-huh. in affliction, yeah. and faithful in prayer. Mm. Let me tell you something. I lived with a man who was very joyful in hope in spite of what went on, uh, in, in spite of 
the afflictions that he had when he was uh, trying to build a church and had had heart attack, heart problems. Uh, and then he was always faithful in prayer. I can remember walking into a room many times, finding him on his knees, talking to God Almighty. And I knew not to disturb him, not to say anything, but just to reverence God with him. I thank God for that preacher, for that man who was a virtuous man. You see, in our text, mm -hmm. Psalm 112, uh, as it points out in the uh, New Living Translation, verse 1, we, we can praise God yeah. for men who reverence God. Yeah. We can praise God. We can thank God. We can be so happy for men who will take the time to praise and reverence God. And that means they are reiterating wisdom and reverence of God. They're taking their cues. They're taking their information from God. And they are passing it on to another generation or to whomever's out there because not all fathers are biological. Some have have uh, taken people and they have adopted them. Some have just taken them under their wing and they show wisdom to them. So we can thank God for this point that we those men are praising God and are reverencing him. My second point, if we look at verses 1 through 5 of uh, chap of the uh, verses in 112 of Psalm, the man that loves God ah, is full of joy. Jesus. That's because he's full of wisdom as we just talked about. And he is also obedient to God. So he is full of joy. I love these men who are full of joy. I know that some of our men can get a bad rap, but those who mm. are virtuous are full of joy because they are having wisdom from God and they are obedient to him. If we look at mm. uh, verses 2 and 3 yeah. of this psalm, uh, the virtuous men are successful. Well, I, I like that one because even if you've been through hard times, even if your money has gotten funny, but before that, God made every one of us successful. He put us on a plan for success. Didn't he say in Jeremiah 29 and 11, I know the plan that I have for you uh, yeah. so that you will be uh, prosperous yes. and be in uh, good health and you, you will move forward is what it's saying. You will be successful. Doesn't matter about your career, doesn't matter about your family line or anything else personal, but it, it means that you have followed the uh, legacy that you can give to your family, and it is because you have God in your heart, and you have put that out there for your family members. Point number four, virtuous men mm -hmm. are compassionate. Mm -hmm. They are generous. Mm -hmm. They are righteous. Ah, they yeah. give, and they uh -huh. look back at those uh, who are less fortunate than they are. I know plenty of men out there right now. They, they might not even be uh, as spiritual as they should be, but they are giving men. They will look out for their fellow men. So virtuous men are generous. This is coming right out of 112, you all. 
point number five if we look through verses six through eight and verse ten. Mm-hmm. It says that virtuous men are not even overcome by evil. Mm. They are not even, they, they don't even fear bad news. Well, Why is that? It's because, Pastor I, they put their trust in who else but God himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Psalm 56, if we were to look at that, it says, In God I trust. I will not be afraid. Yes. So what can man do to me? Yeah. That's the strong, virtuous man. He's taking that, and we put those two scriptures together mm-hmm. to show that virtuous men are not overcome by evil, and they don't fear any bad news. Thanks be to God for the virtuous M-A-N in all capital letters. Thanks be to God for those men who stood up with a backbone in trouble, in Jim Crow, in just not having the things that it took to, to make it through this world. For those who have had struggles and strains, who are not recognized by the women out there, we thank God for those virtuous men who can find the virtuous man. I know we talked about who can find the virtuous woman in Proverbs 31 and 10. But we say, who can find a virtuous man? And like the virtuous woman, his price, his price is far above rubies. And that is the same as what we say for the virtuous woman. Let me tell you today, I want you to know that men, fathers out there, you are more than what some would say you are. And especially to my black brothers who are fathers, you are more than what some would say you are. You are God's creation. You are God's father's. You are more than just donors to make life uh, anew. You are, even if you're not with your children, if you are being a father to them, it is a, still a great thing that you are trusting that, that there is going to be a relationship with your children. For a virtuous man loves God, loves his family, has a backbone, and is wonderful to the family. And with that, we thank God for you fathers out there today. We give God all the glory for wonderful fathers, for those who stepped in when there was no father, for those who have adopted over the years, for those who don't even have children but have stood up in somebody else's family and have been the backbone to help carry them through. To them, we salute you today, and we say amen and amen and amen.